0: Two, one. We are officially, officially the first full episode of the Body Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Ernesto Gonzalez.
1: And I'm your host, Nathan Cordero.
0: Alright, man. Like, so by the time this is uploaded, you also get the little intro mm-hmm. to who we are, why we're doing this. Um, so definitely check that out. But man, how how, how was your week? How's your week?
1: It's been busy. It's been busy. Uh, A lot of work. You know, I ain't going to say where I work, but I work for a major major uh, brand in the sports world, athleisure, athletic wear space, equipment space. Uh, Y'all can take your guesses, but, you know, doing marketing's hard. Uh, A lot of long hours, planning for big projects, but it's all exciting, all in good time, learning a lot. Uh, But, yeah, it's been a grind. It's been a grind, but uh, is anyone up for it? It's me. So,
0: yeah, man. Uh, I mean, y'all know where I work at, honestly. <laughs> <Like, laughs> my, my, my presence on social media is minimal and it's actually in my bio. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're working on some projects over the summer. The summertime for Chicago is there's always something to do. Um, I was just at an event on, shoot, and we're always everywhere somewhere, bro. But uh, oh, I was at an event on Thursday. Um, with a good friend of mine and you know we were just driving down lake drive and i was like man summertime shy there really isn't anything like it undefeated bro like driving down lsd <laughs> window down 11 p.m yeah like unless you're from here like you you can't understand it and people are like oh man i got you know the the 405 or whatever the west coast has yeah, yeah. or you know the i don't know what the what the fuck does new york have the, the bridge,
1: New York out of uh, the train system. That's a <laughs> It's a great train they system, got great though.
0: Public transportation. Phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, there's nothing like LSD. There really isn't anything like it. Then you stop over by uh, Loyola campus, get some canes. Yeah. You know, shout out to Canes. Definitely not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um But yeah, it was it was a it was a good week. You know, we bombed over some basketball. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, we're not a basketball podcast, but you NBA know these finals. refs are yeah. are killing us bro like
1: the, the rest are wild it's like the rest rest have been bad for both teams i'm not i'm not gonna lie about that but you know just watching nba finals watching uh steph do his thing out there and uh watching the celtics compete it's been a good series uh right now series is tied 2-2 as we're recording uh so we'll see where it goes
0: yeah yeah man oh, it's it's an interesting finals uh game four now so game five will be monday mm-hmm. um, but by the time you actually hear this maybe we will be at game seven or game six so yeah we'll see man what do what you i, I do want to ask like again summertime shy bunch of shit going on uh you got any festivals lined up any concerts that you want to go to uh, what's what's your vibe this summer
1: it's a lot of tbds right now uh there's like moves that could be made but it's like all right let's see if we get the money to work uh like even i know like hyde park fest is like tomorrow today and tomorrow uh that was one that i was like man maybe but uh won't be there but uh just just keep my eye out honestly it's like i'm not even huge into the festival scene but for me it's like even the small things like this gonna sound real white but like the farmer's market (laughs) elite (laughs) yo like i'm gonna be honest like i never understood what a farmer's market was until like maybe like three years ago I was I was in college at the time in uh in uh, Missouri sad days but uh I was like yo y'all got this big squash for like a dollar I was like get, get out of here that's nuts I've never seen such cheap produce uh but you know the farmers markets out here in Chicago they charge a little more than a dollar but uh at the same time the quality you get and just sitting and uh, sitting there talking with the actual like vendors it's unmatched it's unmatched um there's a good one out here in South Loop two actually. Um, but yeah, so if y'all ever want to just make a day, get some good, uh, high quality products from, a uh, local small vendors, support small businesses, check out the farmer's market.
0: Yeah. Actually the farmer's market concept is very, uh, new to me, but it's actually been really instilled in me because in Mexico it's called el tianguis. Mm-hmm. So shout out to everybody that knows what that word means. It's such a weird word, tianguis. Um, but it, it's a farm, it's a market, not just yeah, for, yeah. Like for food, but it's a market and um it's community it really is like um i don't go to them as much where i live i live closer to like the midway area mm-hmm. um i think we have one it's over at marquette park but it's like once a month if that yeah,
1: it's dude. very
0: inconsistent so don't don't really get to go to them but um hey and brown people should be able to go to farmer's market
1: well, I mean, you know. what's wild is like I feel like it's become a very white concept, the farmers market. Yep. But if you look at a lot of people who are like originally the farmers market, it was black and brown people putting putting their their crops, their their whatever they grew or whatever yeah. product uh, exactly. out to the front. Um, the one the one by me in South Loop, it's actually like a pretty good mixed bag. Um, there's like the. Uh, there's like a like a black skincare pop up there. There's um there's like a mexican tamale family that's out here like selling, and they got a little bit of everything. Uh, so yeah, if you're ever in the area, it's like right, it's like right by like 18th and like Michigan-ish, uh, in the back of a church parking lot. Okay. But uh, yeah, they do it every week. They just haven't started back up yet. So I'm pretty sure it's coming around soon.
0: Well, hopefully, man, hopefully, and that's that's the whole premise of this podcast it's uh we're two brown guys trying to talk about some issues that relate to us and to people like us uh our experiences are very um different than you know the majority of america mm-hmm. and that's why we're going to talk about it and today's topic is actually one that even as i'm saying it, to those watching us on in video like i'm smirking about it but yeah, yeah. it's uh it shouldn't be a weird topic and even when we talk about it, it might be a little weird we haven't talked about it in person
1: yeah. um
0: so it, it's love you know love for with a partner love uh, for yourself and love for your 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 boys the homies the homies you know um so i we're, we're I'm gonna try my best not to like like chuckle like I am right now but <laughs> it's because I've never like I don't talk about it i
1: don't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it yeah
0: and when you don't talk about things you can, it makes you uncomfortable and the way that I deal with it is by laughing um, sure. but yeah man I I, I um I, I want you to start it off like talk about love and the way that you uh, see it and how you receive it and give it like with a partner you know
1: for sure for sure yeah I mean for me like growing up I feel like love was something I very much didn't understand uh I think i grew very like individualistically which is also this very like american way uh like oh let's do everything for ourselves um but but yeah so like spent a lot of time just being like alone or like sure i had friends whatever and then occasionally would try like dating around whatever but i feel like I feel like I didn't really know where I was going and for a long time I look in the sense of like a romantic partner I didn't know if that'd actually be like a thing for me for real for real uh but you know as of today uh not well not as of today but as I speak today (laughs) as I speak today uh I've been in a, a great relationship with my partner Zindi shout out Zindi we've been together for just under two years now um met her just about two years ago uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of the, for me. It was one of those things I never really expected. Uh, to like find a partnership and like be happy and be successful in that area, because I think ultimately, as you try to like, as you try to explore like the dating world, you 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 find out a lot of things about yourself. Ultimately, hanging both good and bad. Um. And I just feel like I kept hitting this rut where I was like, "Oh, I was like, I know what I have to offer, but I don't feel like I could find somebody who necessarily checks the boxes that I'm looking for, or can just like match me in the level that I want to move at." Um, and I yeah. think that's like very important finding someone on the same wavelength as you. Not that they have to be like the same as you, but in a sense that y'all know you're both putting in the work into putting in a successful, su- sustainable relationship. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really hard. Like, uh, just to get get into the relationship, but also just even maintaining it. Um, it's like something, something I always think about is like in relationships, whether you're watching it in like, uh, TV shows, or whatever, or even like your friends, you're exploring their, you're examining their relationships from the outsider perspective. It's like it's really easy to grow complacent, uh, and I feel like that's where, a lot of the struggles occur. So, like, me personally uh, and my partner, too, we're always being very proactive. I mean, like, we don't want to just become that couple who sits there on autopilot. You know, we had a conversation about this yesterday, actually. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, you know, like, when you're trying to get in a relationship with somebody, you're in, like, that courting period. You put in all the effort. You know, you're texting them back fast, hopefully, unless you're just, like, a terrible texter. Uh you call them up seeing seeing how their day's been uh trying to plan like fun interesting dates and whatnot um in the whole nine yards uh then like a lot of times what we see happening is like all right we've been doing this for three months six months nine months and then more and more time passes then you're kind of just like you stop doing the little things yeah. uh you, you stop buying you stop buying the flowers the, the, the little chocolate box or planning out the little surprise date uh, and I feel like, uh, that's, that's where, uh, that's where the loss can occur. Yeah. Uh, so, so me personally, I, I try to never be complacent. It's like yesterday, for example, uh, you know, we both been kind of working really hard on different personal projects, uh, me and her. And I was like, let me plan like a whole like sushi date. I already know she's going to be in the area. Cause she was hanging out with her sister in the neighborhood where the sushi spot was at. Uh, it's one of those places they like, if you don't get a resume, you might not get seated, you know?
0: Pero, no, no, man. <laughs> this, this guy, this guy.
1: But uh, but yeah, you know. So like, I got lucky that uh, I checked that morning, and was able to get get a reservation. It ended up being an early dinner. It was like five thirty, but it worked out with our schedule. So, uh, but yeah, then we ended up having a nice little sushi dinner and getting uh, getting ice cream afterwards. So stuff like that, you know, just always stay on your toes, and really checking in, and, you know. If, well, final note before I pass off to this guy, I'm sure he's going to ask me more questions. But, uh, you know, another important thing I think is doing uh, check-ins. You know, I've talked about this. I've talked this with a couple of my friends in relationships, doing relationship check-ins. So me me and Zinny do this probably every week. Uh, I don't want to say it's like consistent, but most weeks. Relationship check-in where we're just like, hey, how how are you doing? How do you feel about our relationship? Are there ways I could better support you? Are there ways I could better do this or that? And... Um, And by being proactive with those conversations, they don't come up as, like, arguments and fights later on because, like, you already know. So, like, real small example, like, one time she got on my ass and was like, you know, he need to, like, step up more and, like, take the trash out more often, do the dishes. We live together and stuff around the household. You know, and I, and you know, I think a lot of us tend to get defensive when we get called out. Yeah, so that,
0: that hurt me, bro. <laughs> that's like the, that's like the
1: automatic response. But then you gotta sit with that and be like, nah, she's right. You know, I ain't shit. I gotta take that trash out. I gotta do these dishes. You know, I gotta I gotta do my part. Uh, because ultimately, uh, that's what it is. You know, relationships work, and I think if you communicate effectively, I don't think it's hard work, but it is work. You know, you gotta put the work in to make make sure it's successful. But yeah, so keeping those in mind. Do relationship check-ins, don't grow complacent, uh, and really be honest with what you need out of what you need out of a partnership and mm. what your expectations are.
0: You know, I I have come to like you know, be a, a good friend to both of y'all. And um over the past two years, um I knew Zindi very like briefly before I met you. Um, but y'all are, um, y'all are cute together. Y'all y'all really are. I, um, and, and it's, it's almost like I'm learning from both of you. You know, it's like, you know, I see how you treat her and how she treats you. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm taking like mental notes. I'm like, okay. Because I haven't dated anybody seriously since college. So like 2016 ish, yeah. you know, and wasn't a, a long relationship actually but it was i was um i was very immature back i mean i was a high school kid for some from 14 to like 19 ish i was with the same girl mm-hmm. and um you know i think at that point in my life i didn't know what the fuck i was doing mm-hmm. i was um just very i don't know what the right way sporadic very spontaneous but like not in a good way yeah, know, yeah and and not that relationships should be structured but there should be some type of cadence and like you know it, it's it's maintaining a relationship is not easy like no, I, no, no, no. I i see a lot of people a lot of people you know die out after the honeymoon phase yeah and it's yeah, like, yeah that shouldn't be the goal and if it is i mean that's cool that's cool i mean i'm just saying like for me personally and like, maybe for you too we want something that's meaningful long standing and just makes you feel good on a day to day basis, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I I haven't, you know, pursued that in a long time, um, but I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day, and I'm like, I think uh, this is gonna be like my last, just summer of, pooling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And you know, there's I, I'm busy, and you know, I might be traveling here and there, but I I, I just want. Um, I, I want to give it a try, you know, because I, I think I've matured enough and I've learned enough, not just from you, from other friends and everything mm-hmm. on how to um, be in a good relationship and, and, and loving someone else and, mm-hmm. and giving that. Because honestly, bro, I'm not going to lie. In my household, love was a very much given and received thing. Like my mom and my dad um, really knew how to do that for us maybe too much actually mm-hmm. like they maybe overprotected us at certain times and you know i always say like i compare myself a lot to kane in the sense that he and i grew up in the hood but we were very much always away from the hood
1: yeah, yeah you yeah. know
0: so i'm very much like a household boy and just taking it chill playing video games and whatnot um but love was very much there was too much of it yeah. And, you know, that that kind of brings me to, like, the next thing is loving yourself. Like, I think during high school, you know, I go, I went to Whitney Young and, you know, I get off the nine, the nine bus and I'm walking to school. And for some reason in my head, I was like, I got to make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Like, There's no reason for it. But I was like, fuck it. I need to do something because I felt. I felt insecure. I really did actually. Um I was el chingón at my elementary school. Yeah. And then I come to this school full of nerds and I'm like oh shit, I ain't shit, bro. <laughs> like and, and you went to Lane Tech. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know, it's a similar experience. Sim- similar right? experience for sure. You know. Um and I thought that I had to impress people, but then it it really came to like my understand a- a- after being in the soccer team I realized that i had to like love myself too because if you if you were insecure by yourself you would never be happy and actually at a young age i, I learned that too i mean what was i 15 years old mm. um i i i truly love myself I, that that's something that i'm comfortable saying like yeah, you know whether with all my flaws physically mentally whatever it is like i i do love myself but i find it hard to tell other people that they should do the same thing Because I think it's a The first step into Unleashing your t- true potential And being more comfortable But um, Yeah that's something that I'm very comfortable in And you know I, I've never actually talked to you about Like how is that something you're comfortable in um, And how you portray that too
1: I think it's something that It took a while but I had to like Grow to be comfortable with it um, And actually I think The way I see it it's like You can't in general love others whether that's a partner or the homies to your like full capacity until you love yourself um but for me it was like a very hard journey um i think you know when i was in like high school i was just very much like a little awkward kid you know trying to figure things out uh and like i was like gaining experiences but i feel like too much of like my like concept of love at that time was focused on like how do I get it from others? And then that often, I often ended up failing. It's like in high school, I, I didn't date nobody. I it was like, I always tell people, Nathan didn't get no bitches in high school. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, I have friends, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, especially like some of my guys on the track team, uh, Elaine, but I have friends, but at the same time it was like, I feel like all my relationships, not all, but most of my relationships were very, uh, fragile like and what i mean by that is like they weren't like that cemented um like sure i had people i was cool with lots of people i was cool with uh but at the same time it was like i didn't feel like i had many people i could really turn to or like lean on it goes back into me earlier saying that i grew up kind of like a loner uh to a lot of extent so when i get to college is like same thing actually i was like trying to find like how do i receive that in others and like for me what that originally looked like You know, I had to come to going back to growing up individualistic, I had to come to the acceptance that I couldn't I couldn't do uh everything myself. Um I very much
0: Gonna have to do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We uh we record things very differently than most podcasts.
1: We do. Yeah. Um but back to where I was at. Um I very much to accept that i couldn't do everything myself uh that wasn't sustainable uh so what that first looked like was like uh joining uh latino fraternity and like finding brotherhood and trying to like seek out love through there and like that did come about 100 percent um but i still didn't necessarily love myself uh when that when that was happening so it was a lot of like, I felt very capable. Like, I I still think I would talk about myself in a very, like, high light and uh, very confident. And sometimes people will perceive that as arrogance. But that's a topic for another day. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I kind of hit a roadblock where I was, was, like, I was... I was on the brink of potentially, like, not really passing my classes in college, not failing out. Like, I wasn't going to get kicked out, but, like, it wasn't far from there if we really look at it. And uh, everything else is kind of just getting harder, like every other element of my life. Uh, So then I kind of hit a roadblock where I was, like, severely depressed for, like, probably, probably, like, maybe, like, a year, 15 months. I I don't know the exact timeline right now, but where I realized, like every, every th- i realized how people perceive me and i very much just became like a like a shell of myself because like when that happened i was just like operating on like what people expected nathan to do you know not what not what, you- not what i wanted to do so <laughs> like you know i would walk into the room very much being like Alright, people expect you to come in here, tell a couple jokes, have a smile on your face, and get through the day.
0: That's exhausting, bro.
1: And It is.
0: That's exhausting when, when you... start to cut you off, it's just that I think you you and I very much have this expectation of ourselves from other people, and it's like... Yeah. And, you know, and I'm okay being the funny guy, because I, I like being funny. I like yeah, yeah. having a good time and doing that. Um, but, you know, it's... It, it's at the... I'm not gonna, I'm not ever going to do that now at the expense of myself either. Yeah. Like, when I'm just not feeling it and I'm just, like, chilling, people are like, yo, you good, bro? You good? i like, yeah, I'm good. It's just, you know, I'm just not feeling it. Like, I don't need to make jokes all the time. And I'm not here to, like, you know, like, from fucking good fellas, like, I'm, I'm not here to entertain you, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know? um, and, and
0: I need to know that, for me, I'm good for me. Yeah. Because if I'm not good for me, i can't be good for other people that's true yeah but continue i'm sorry
1: no you're good but yeah so like i'm in this roadblock and like a lot of different things are happening at this point in time like like external things affecting my life like my grades are shitty uh i ended up getting like a lawsuit uh from like uh an apartment complex who should not be named um so i get like sued for money i don't have i'm only working like a slightly above minimum wage job so like i don't really got nothing coming in and i was like still largely supporting myself through college at the point in time i wasn't getting much help from my family and i didn't really have a good relationship with my family at that point in time and then you know my my mother decides to go check up on her family when the hurricane hits puerto rico back in 2017 i want to say yeah. uh yeah yeah and it was weird because like we had a very bad relationship at the time, and it was weird because like I just didn't hear for for like over a week, and then it was like that point where you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm trying to like, keep my distance in general, because I'm not fucking with you. But then when when I found out, like I of here hear for a week, I was like, damn, I was like, what if she dies? And then that was like, that was like the hardest thought. Like I was just like. If I lose her, like, you lose her with, like, not ending on good terms. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, she was all right. It was just, the situation was kind of just, like, a lot of power outages, a lot of lack of access. So I ended up hearing from her uh, on, like, day eight that she that she was okay. Yeah, that she was okay. Um, and then it was weird because at that point in time, like, I took it upon myself where I was, like, I need to do better in this relationship with my mother um because i very much took it after my father for the most part at that point in time and kind of just casted her off to the side um and she knew that you know we've talked about it um so so all this is happening at the same time uh in a relatively short window of time and i'm just like kind of going through it then i'm kind of just coping with it in like really terrible ways uh i didn't really want to like feel anything for a while you know so then it would just like it's college, so it's easy to excessively drink. And no one thinks you're like an alcoholic in college because you're in college. That's like the <laughs> dangerous area. You're like, Oh, we get fucked up. That's what we do, you know? Um, Tuesday
0: morning, bro. I just started.
1: Yeah, it's like and they make it so easy too. It's like, especially in Missouri, the, the deals were dirt cheap, ridiculous. Like you get like five dollar bottomless cuff. I was like, damn, I guess I'm going black out tonight. Uh but not to get too much into those deals, but uh but yeah, so you get native coping mechanisms and then like I, I think I hit this point, you know, where all these things are happening. I was, like, dating around at the time and, like, uh, I, like, had two breakups with two two uh, previous partners at that point in time and then just kind of just went through a phase of just, like, dating around and being being known as, like, a fuckboy, whatever, just that. Uh, all while being, like, sad as shit on the inside and being very hollow. And then I just, like, hit a breaking point where I was just, like, nah, like, you need to get your shit together. I was like, you don't love yourself. You do You can't really love others the way you you best can. You need to do some soul searching. So then I like really just like took a real big step back, took a real big break. I was like, all right, I'm not gonna like date nobody. I'm not gonna have sex with nobody. I'm gonna cut all that shit out. You know, I still drank, but nowhere near as much. Uh, it was like. I, you know i always tell people i was like i had a year where like i blacked out a good like eight nine times and like that was not okay Damn. um so like yeah like going into that next year i kind of like cut all that out and then just did i spent a lot a lot of time by myself but that's what i needed um it's like <laughs> i was reading a lot of like a lot of poetry a lot of like i don't want to call them like self-help books because it really wasn't like those like traditional like self help books. It was just more so like from different authors hearing their experience, hearing their journeys. Uh, I just did a lot of reading at the time. And then I started doing, I always, I'd always been a writer uh, in like from a younger age, but I started doing poetry like nonstop. And then I released like my first like collection, second collection of poems. And that was just me like really rediscovering myself. Cause you know, when it hit the darkest point you know i did have those suicidal thoughts like full disclosure i didn't really want to like be there no more you know and i thought about like just dropping out of school going back home but to me i couldn't do that either because i was just like admitting failure yeah so uh and i couldn't face my family to do that either like because i me essentially going away to college not going to college going away to college going somewhere entirely different leaving chicago going to a whole other state that's like a Seven hour drive was me being like, No, fuck you, I could do this on my own. It wasn't really like,
0: so there have been a failure. So I thought you were gonna say it was more like a family failure, but no, it would be a Nathan failure. A Nathan failure, 100%. Interesting, okay. you know.
1: My mom never wanted me to go to Mizzou, she wanted me to go to community college. Uh, also, reason we had a shaky relationship, uh, as I touched on earlier, that wasn't the only reason, obviously, but that was part of it. Um, so I was like, nah, I can't, like, I can't fail, you know? So I'm like sitting there getting like my shitty 2.0 GPAs semester after semester, basically like three semesters in a row. And I was like, nah, like something needs to change. Um, so yeah, I mean, ultimately what I did was I just was really started reflecting, journaling, writing out my feelings and like doing all of that. I feel like I was on I was able to unpack so much because I was like, why did these relationships with past women fail why is relationship with my mom so bad uh why is my relationship with my father like only it around like watching football and basketball games and not showing any other affection in any other type of way um then like on a more macro level i was like why are men like like this where we have to keep everything inside to such a dangerous level that it ultimately hurts people uh and like you know, that's all this, all this is an ongoing process. I'm not saying I'll, I'll unpack this in like three months. So was like, all right, I'm done with it now. But, you know, I feel like I spent like a good like six months really getting to the core of like all of that and really unpacking all that. And then I realized that, like, you know, a lot of a lot of my issues, with my mother was like, I always wanted her to be proud of me. Uh, and she only said she was proud of me twice in my whole life. And they were always relating to th- times where She wasn't actually proud. She was just upset that I was missing because I wasn't there. Uh, She was saying it begrudgingly. So like, and I fully knew that and I wanted the authentic one. But then I remember like, so what that kind of looked like was like, we kind of just talked it out one day. A real, real rough phone call, but uh, it was just like brutally honest. And then, you know, she said, she's she she actually said she was proud of me like in like uh she meant it like for the first time ever and then that like took like kind of like blew my world because i feel like i was kind of existing in this like I- i'm doing this to prove somebody wrong type mentality and then once that was like stripped away uh i was like now i can do things for myself and then i was fully accepting to what this next chapter of me was going to be um so then from there, I was like, no, nah, I can feel like I feel like I can step into my authentic self. And it wasn't like overnight by any means, but I started figuring out like, oh, you are capable. You can do this. You can do that. It's like, sure, you got you got shitty grades, but you're still in college. You're still enrolled. You're still passing your classes.
0: It's important, bro.
1: Sure. You got sure. You got sued yeah. for money you didn't have, but you still have a house to live under, uh, an apartment to live under, and you can still pay your rent on time um and then then it's like sure these other relationships may have failed but there's still people close to you that love you and care about you and even though i'm not the type of person to ask for help i know that in a moment's notice they'll have my back um and then i was really able to open myself up to all of that and when that happened i was just like that that was just like from there i was able to just take off for real for real um and but yeah it was like once i did that then i was able to like confidently say that i love myself which i wasn't for the longest time
0: you know you you said something right now about kind of like not losing sight of the positives that Mm -hmm. come from the journey and i was just at a conference yesterday with uh uh there was a panelist his name is justin cunningham he's the uh executive director of social works Uh, shout out to them and all the great work they do here in the city Um, and he mentioned the book that he read and I I don't want to say the name of the book because I don't remember it or the name of the author Um, but it was he said remember the memories like don't forget about all the victories that lead up until the moment that you're in because when you lose sight of the past because you're so focused on the future it's you can get lost and then you also feel like you've done nothing so 100 you know when you say like yeah i'm being you know i'm in this uh lawsuit for this and that but you still have a roof over your head you still yeah. have you know clothes on your back you still and it sounds like very like i don't know like oh you know your life is good it's, it's not that it's good is that you should be appreciative of the journey and and all the goods and the bads that come of it you know um
1: no definitely it's like for me like I feel like I was able to like channel a lot of those like pains and traumas into like into like confidence from overcoming Mm -hmm. and making myself into like uh more like unstoppable force it's like uh this all happened while I was in college too like I said the whole thing of like my mom like being the hurricane uh the, the lawsuit also like the apartments I had after that were like fucking dog shit if i'm being honest it was like i had utility shut off on me uh that wasn't my fault it was someone else's fault the person who the bill's name was in but you know i was in the apartment with with no lights no running water i had uh the next the next place i had after that i had like a terrible toxic roommate you know who just was rough to work with then uh the apartment after that you know it was weird because it wasn't like the electricity was out in the building but like in my room specifically the electricity did not work it was some bullshit they but said, uh fuck
0: nathan they said
1: fuck nathan but uh <laughs> that the laundry would flood like flood the apartment just water everywhere um the toilet didn't work for like three weeks at well, one point in time is, like i lived in like the how trench- long were you there i lived there a year a year yeah i had no heat in the winter I lived in the trenches of the trenches. It was, I remember I looked at the thermostat. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I, I looked at the thermostat. It was 53 degrees. I woke get up shivering. Fuck out, I woke bro. up shivering.
0: Did you have a cobija at least?
1: No, it's uh, had like a regular you blanket. You got
0: the, the one with the tiger print.
1: No, I know, right?
0: You would have been no. Okay.
1: But uh, what I ended up having to do for that was get two, uh, I went to Walmart, get two space heaters, oh, that's and that's how- dangerous I, too, bro. Hell dangerous. That's how I go to bed, but- wow. The reason I say that is like because I got I moved past all of that, you yeah. know. Uh, it's like, and I feel like acknowledging that I did that, and by no means was it like a, a thing I did by myself. I had a lot of great people there to, to help me out a lot of steps of the way, but a lot of it was, you know, I just had to do it myself, get uh, keep going along, keep going to class, keep getting okay enough grades to pass uh i don't even want to say good grades because they weren't great <laughs> that seems um, degrees, bro. exactly yeah. um and keep stacking away money it was like that's what i think it's like uh it was weird especially like being in a place like mizzou because like uh it's like you'd be surrounded by all these white kids who like you know most of them not all of them but a lot of them that were there that i would see at least you know their their parents are paying for everything or most things yeah. and they're like if they have a job their job is to go the, the, the money is like so they can go get fucked up on the exactly. weekends it's, it's,
0: fuck, it's getting fucked up money and so you yeah, know for
1: me i was working 35 hours a week uh as a full-time student uh paying paying my rent paying my uh utilities paying paying uh the internet this and that uh but at the same time it's like all of these things you know you it just gives you greater appreciation it's like i i was i was able to make all that work and get to a place now where like i look back at that and it's like whatever it's like it's like as we see here in present day we're, we're recording this in like a nice south loop apartment i don't got to worry about not having heat i don't got to worry about where rent's coming from i pay i pay it every month just fine um and it's like all that stuff, it just, I just look back on it and kind of smile, to be honest. It's just like, oh, wow, we really, uh, we overcame that. And it's like, we're we're here now. And it just makes everything else feel like surreal at this point. Because I just feel like it, things keep just getting better.
0: That's, that's, I mean, I'm proud of you, bro. Because when I, I, I first met you, you were coming straight from college. And just for reference, I mean, you're, what, two or three years removed from college?
1: Yeah, I graduated December twenty nineteen.
0: Yeah, so not that long ago, bro. And um, you came, you you had no job lined up, you but you said fuck it, Chicago's my home, yeah. and I'm a uh, I'm gonna do something here. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got hired where I work at, came friends and, and like I saw you progress from like, you know your your one bedroom to a studio, a stu- studio, yeah, yeah. A studio uh fuck that not no car you, you were making your rounds around the cta and the demands of the job we had to ask a lot of you mm-hmm. um but and and now you know not that you've made it because the the made it is always oh yeah. you know further and further away because we should keep progressing for that but you know you're good bro you're good and, and that's good to that you uh noticed that of yourself too Mm -hmm. because uh it's been a long journey for you man it really has and um the last thing that we want to talk about is you know loving your boys you know as Mm -hmm. men like you mentioned how like we grow up and i always jokingly say this but like uh latino men we we hold in our feelings and we like push it down and then we unleash it on our kids (laughs) like yeah. 30 years later and, and then the cycle continues man like i'm like you know i i can't remember the last time i cried and and i can't like i i know i want to but like every time i'm a billion i'm like no nah, i don't fucking do that dog like the fuck um so showing emotions as men is hard but showing mm-hmm. emotions as brown men because our brown fathers have like taught us to be like strong yeah and be like the head figure of your future family and of your future self and you know i don't blame them for that because that's you know you can only teach what you've been you know taught so but it's now it's our turn and our job
1: yeah so whether
0: we have future kids or the future generation in general um tell them that hey you know that's why we fucking have like headaches all the time because we're not telling people our feelings and shit Mm -hmm. so but you know, as you know, most of us we hang out with our boys and and we get no like love from each other. We just say like, "You good?" You yeah. say, "Yeah." You need anything? Nah. All right, but like that's the extent yeah, yeah. of our check-ins, right? For sure. And I have some very interesting friends, bro. Like, you know, I have like I consider like three friend groups, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like my best friend, then he has a very And I don't want to put his shit out there, but let's just say he has a very um, not easy life, Mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, for me, you know, when I see him go through a lot of the stuff, not all of it is like, you know, he had no control over it. Some stuff he created himself and like we talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, it's hard nonetheless. I, I make it a point that like I don't get to see him a lot, but when I do see him like the first thing i tell them is like how's everything man like how is you know your 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 work life your personal life like everything good and and like i know that the first thing he'll say is yeah i'm good bro always good and i'm like bro we're sitting in the car we're driving like don't bullshit me like we see each other once a week if that for sure tell me how you really are and there will be weeks where he's like, "No, I'm actually good, bro." And then that's when I'm like, "Okay, he's actually good." Yeah. But yeah. when you give someone the confidence and trust to like open up to you, um, that really helps them, and it helps me too. Like I have yeah. friends that I do that with, and and not trauma dumping, but just like, um, having someone you know relate to you and and kind of give you some um some piece of advice and whatnot, and I think. We, we should be more open with our friends oh we should so. be more like um, both in the good and the bad you know help them help them become the best version of themselves
1: yeah you know yeah.
0: but yeah every time I I see my boys I, I try to in one way or another tell them that like I I love them and I appreciate them because I know that they're not getting it they might get them from their partner obviously yeah you know yeah. um but it, it, it it's <laughs> Uh, and, I, and I love you from the homies. Sometimes it's a little different.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, it does. Um,
0: but it, it's it's something that, uh, as men, we need to be comfortable with mm-hmm. and, and support each other. Because oftentimes, I think we feel alone. That's true. Even though we're all... I think men are more social butterflies than women. Can um, be. But, you know, even when we're surrounded by 100 people, yeah. like we feel alone. And, and you you have to use that close circle to to be able to be real and, and, and show off these emotions that we bottle up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do you like, I know we do it occasionally, yeah. but with your other friends, how, how does that work out?
1: Yeah. Uh, before I even get into that, I just want to bring up, cause I was, I feel like this is such a relatable with like this topic too, especially mm-hmm. it's like you seen, you seen head to fight, right? Oh yeah. 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 So, you know, that scene where like, I think they were on a beach and like like pops talking and he just like he grabs a he grabs his son and just goes men of the rancho are men a few words
0: yeah yeah
1: was that like one of the most like real scenes <laughs> in like tv you've ever seen relating to like men and their feelings and like not even just with the homies but everybody yeah, yeah. no nah, i just want to touch on that real quick before we get into the topic okay, okay. just because like i feel like that was such a relatable moment like i i obviously i'm not Mexican. I, i'm not a no rancho like i i but at the same time from a cultural perspective as brown men that was like such relatable scene. and it's like it might not be it might not be the ranch but i feel like most most black and brown men just have their own version of that you know like for my dad he ain't have no ranch but he at humble park being in the hood in like the 1980s like man got shot when he was 15 years old like um so like does he have his own ball up emotions 100% and did that, did how he grew up in that environment affect how he, uh, how he shows love, a hundred percent. But I just feel like, I just feel like, uh, that that scene was one of the very, the very few times on TV where I've seen like that, like, be admitted, uh, from that that context. But I mean, for me and my friends, it's like, it's weird because I feel like, like full transparency, I feel like I don't be checking up with my friends enough, uh. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was really good at it when I was in college uh, because I think uh, I was just like hyper aware at that point in time. And I feel like I had a lot more a lot more headspace in general. Just like a lot more more uh, my thoughts were a lot more free because it was just like less responsibilities and whatnot. Once you got past uh, the basics essentials. But um but what I do do notice with most of my good friends we have this like very unique relationship where with the homies where it's like we may not hit each other up like every day or even every week but when we do it's like it's like we never left off you know we pick up right where we left off and at the same time it's like we both understand that if you need me tomorrow I'll be there uh no questions asked 100 it doesn't matter if I work 12 hours that day I'll be there in the 13th hour to be like I got you bro what are we gonna do Um, and I think that's what's very unique. And I think a big reason for that with, with me, me and my friends is like, we've kind of all came up together in our own different ways. We're all kind of move, moving through these different areas of life as you just get older. Um, so yeah, a lot of it, you know, just like breaking it down with like, your like love languages, you know, you got your, to break down the five it's, there's five. five. five, i think there's five yeah yeah you don't know the 5 i'll go to the five real (laughs) quick yeah i got you i might
0: know it's given (laughs) received. it's part of it yeah yeah so you got like
1: gifts um physical touch okay uh words of affirmation okay uh acts of service and quality time so you know with me and with me and my friends a lot of it usually revolves around Quality time and access service. Um, Can you
0: explain access service? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. So access like service, someone's
0: change a tire type of thing. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. Okay. Or like, or like, uh, just in a romantic sense, like Zindy made me lunch because I, I was running late for work and like just packed in my bag act of service like she that's that, dope she doesn't do that but <laughs> I, I don't oh, ask her Oh, to, she didn't do that I, no i'll just using niggas as an example oh nah, she did i was nah, like, nah. damn you're really out here no i never asked you to either so yeah, on, so yeah. yeah no bashing out here no, no. but uh <laughs> but like that would be like an act of service okay, is gotcha, what i'm getting gotcha, at gotcha. Yeah, but you yeah. know like with the homies it's like uh one of my good friends lawrence uh oh, who he's met it's like i hit him up like a couple days before i moved and i was like hey bro i need some help moving and then he was just like i got you don't even worry about it and i was like let me go get you some food or something he's like you don't even need to worry about that and i was like no i got you dog don't even worry about it so like um but i do think at the same time with some of my friends not all we do need to get better at actually just like verbalizing a little bit more Mm um like me and my friend, Dakota, for example, we're really good at that. Uh, I was the best man at his wedding. Um, but yeah, we're always, we're always like very much in alignment with expressing. We always end the phone call with, I love you, bro. You take care, take care of your family, this and that. Um, but with a lot of my other friends, I feel like we, we haven't hit that boundary yet. We haven't hit that, uh, that benchmark more so. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's always a work in progress and room for improvement, but I do feel like, uh, well, it should be a regular occurrence. You need to start with just like verbalizing it a few times to get the ball rolling and just being like, you know, I do love you. I do care about you. I do want the best for you. This and that.
0: Yeah, man. No, it's, it's 100%. It's it's and it's weird bringing it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. it really is because um, a lot of my friends, well, most of my friends, you know, we have this we keep up this front
1: of mm-hmm. like, being hard and, yeah, and nothing yeah.
0: bothers us and breaking that shell is hard bro and like you know there, there's a whole friend group that i have that you know my friends are fathers and they're and they're you know hard-working guys that work 12 13 hours a day and 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 they have this lit, this literal shell that they've created for like their emotional things mm-hmm. and for their physical things too and i'm like I, I i not that i'm trying to push this on them but i know that whenever we do just get to chill i have like a brewski and and you know the carne asada on the side it's like Mm -hmm. that's when they start opening up a little and i know that that like brings the tension down and and they get to relax like truly relax for sure so you know if if y'all can do that with your friend group and be the initiator of like just trying to be more open it, it might be weird but ultimately the rewards are better than the initial awkwardness for sure, because you you really are helping someone be more open about their their themselves and, and be okay with with strengthening that relationship. Because ultimately, the friends that I do have, and I'm a very social guy, so are you. Mm-hmm. But I would say that my friends are are few. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because um, whoever I do consider my friend, I'm I'm the same way as you. It's like if I can help, I will help.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know
0: you need me there i got you like if i can't make it like i'll figure out a way to like still assist mm-hmm. but you know i i i definitely like love all my friends and and i appreciate a lot of them because they've helped me grow on this journey too and it's a very weird one you know even still talking yeah. about it and we can't get through it all in a one podcast
1: mm-hmm. and actually
0: i want to bring up the the thing you said uh, in the in the intro for the our episodes is uh Men don't go to therapy, we start podcast. Yeah, men don't go to therapy, we start podcast. <laughs> uh but but here at Audio Boys, we do promote healthy mental health. We do. Uh proactive work. So definitely if you can, you know, please see a therapist because that's that helps people out too and and be open with your friends, man. Like
1: also like just to uh, if you when you when you are open with your friends, you know, if you don't have their relationship with standing already, you know, just be very upfront, and be like is it okay if I'll open up to you about what's going on you know mm. you know at the same time don't just like dump all your trauma yeah, on them in like yeah. five seconds if they ain't ready yeah, yeah, for that bro. you know so like build that rapport and uh just be open with like is it okay if i share what's going on with me mm-hmm. yeah
0: and you know this you know i do this actually with um and it's going back to like building this this new generation of like mm-hmm. being more open about this i have a godson and every time I see him, uh, I end it like I hug him and I like tell him, hey, I love you. And like his family is very much old school. So like I know that like they don't say that a lot over there. Mm-hmm. But like he sees me, and he like smiles and I'm like, like, I love you, bro. Like, you know, I, I care about you. And, mm-hmm. and he's he says, I love you, too. And that might be the few times that he like says it out loud. I know they love like, everybody loves this kid like this yeah kid yeah uh, have you met him
1: i've seen i've seen pictures
0: and uh, stuff yeah. i haven't met him yeah so. but um he's a very likable kid and and people like really just want to be around him but um saying it out loud is almost different than just like showing it, you know yeah, yeah you know and i think saying i love you is 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 hard but it might be the most impactful thing you can do to someone yeah um yeah so that that was topic number one of many yeah uh you know, I hope y'all enjoyed it. I, we do have to thank our sponsors. Who's our sponsor for today?
1: Yo, shout out our sponsors out of pocket because this podcast came from out of our pockets. Yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> if, if someone's got a, a sponsor this one day, but yeah. for right now, it's out of pocket. Um, give people a little sneak peek of, of the next one.
1: Oh, yeah. So for our next episode, when we'll we talk about a very, a very timely topic uh money and looking at inflation and whatnot. Uh, so you know town's been crazy it's like right now gas is like 650 a gallon that is not normal uh I've been like biking to work uh well I mean you can't even where I work as downtown Chicago so parking's ass anyways but uh I'm like let me just bike as many places as I can because every time I fill up my Honda Civic now and it's like sixty dollars it just breaks my heart. I remember when I first got the Civic it was like 28 dollars to fill up I was like now it's 60. I'm hurt but uh not just the gas either but everything honestly it's like you go I mean, to the grocery store
0: inflation hurts us the most and by us mm-hmm. like brown people bro. yeah yeah it's not like you know we you know our our people get a salary increase every six months like no nah. nope you'll nope. be getting that shit every 18 months if they're lucky no nah, so, no nah, we're getting affected disproportionately but yeah you know let, let's talk about uh good financial literacy and and a little bit of all that good stuff but yeah all right well by the time you all listen to this it'll be our first official uh episode follow us on ig follow us on tiktok I'll, yeah we'll have yeah, TikTok. We'll, have yeah TikTok. We'll, we'll have tiktok okay uh youtube and spotify Mhm. all right all right so appreciate you bro take it easy i love you
1: love you <laughs>